0: Hello, everyone. We are rolling for another episode of the JJ f one podcast, where Jonah and Jordan talk about all things related to F1. Today, we're going to talk about the 2021 Russian Grand Prix. Are we allowed saying Russian? Because I heard that, like, they're still removing the flags off everything. I don't know. We're going to call it the Russian Grand Prix, uh, with Lewis Hamilton winning his 100th race in his career, followed by Max Verstappen coming from 20th place to second place. And Carlos signs finishing in third for Ferrari. So we're going to do this a little bit differently this time around. I have, uh, four major moments that we're, we're going to just discuss in general. So before we go to those moments, uh, Jordan, uh, it's, uh, it's Thursday. It's been a hot, no, it's Friday. Sorry. It's been a hot minute since we're, since the race happened, but, uh, Tell us what your
1: general vibe was uh, about the race. Yeah. So before watching the race, I watched qualifying on Saturday. And I wasn't able to watch the race live on Sunday just because I had commitments. Um, But with the people I was with at the commitment that I had, we're all talking about it. Like, oh, did you watch the race morning? And I didn't get a chance to watch the race. And I knew that something crazy happened. I just didn't know what. So the entire time I'm watching the race... I'm just like, what is this crazy thing gonna happen? What's this crazy thing gonna happen? And it happened. And boy, oh boy, do we have lots to talk about? Yeah. Should we... he have pitted? Should he not have pitted? Would it have changed anything? Joan, I'm excited to hear your take. All right. So I think we're gonna leave that to, to
0: last. So we're gonna we're gonna leave the rain and the whole rain episode to last. I think one thing that I have uh, written down as just entertaining in general i have sochi is entertaining question mark because i don't i know that you kind of like this track i don't like this track because we've had a history of just full mercedes dominance which has continued including this year and there hasn't been any overtakes there hasn't been any drama the only thing that's happened has been people going off at turn 2 and doing the escape route and or people just tag being tagged on, on on lap 1 so we had a complete 180 from that even when it was dry we had lots of great overtakes we had Lance Stroll in P4 for a very long time i had no idea what happened with his race um we had Norris leading for the majority of the race. So, so I want to, I want to say what happened this year. like What in, in your opinion, I mean, this could be related to Sochi. This could be related to all of the quote unquote, boring tracks that we've had this season, like France, Spain, now we're at Russia. Um, Monaco was semi-interesting as well. Like, what happened this year?
1: Tell me. Well, I think the answer is simple. We've been seeing teams that are not Mercedes become a lot better. And that's in, that, that has increased the, competit- the competitiveness of Formula One overall. Not only has Red Bull become a dominant force, but McLaren too is climbing up the ranks. Ferrari too, they have their weekends where they're in. They have the weekends where they're out, but they have the weekends where they're really in. And because we are seeing a playing field at the top that is welcoming more teams as opposed to just having the lone Mercedes team up there, we're seeing a more competitive front end of the grid. And that's what's making these tracks quote unquote more entertaining because these cars are all at speed with each other now. And they're able to make these tracks more entertaining because they're able to catch up to each other They're able to do one-on-one racing at more of these tracks now because they match each other in, uh, in speed and in downforce and in all of the metrics that there are. Well,
0: that's a really good analysis. And it's a shame that we're not getting this type of car next year. And we're not having just the development of this year's car because these cars are really, really fast. And. I've heard people say that these are probably going to be the fastest cars ever made in Formula One history because the rest of as of next year, we're getting a completely new car make. We're getting the emphasis on downforce. We're getting the emphasis on close racing. But what do you think that next year is going to hold in store? Do you think we're going to get all these interesting Spain races, interesting France races, interesting Russian races? Like, what what could potentially happen next year? Do you think we're going to get more of this or do you think we're going to get less of this?
1: I'm actually excited to hear your take on it. But as for me, I really think it's too early to tell because we know what the car looks like from a general perspective. We don't know where the teams are going to put more of their research and development into are they going to put their research development more into downforce? Are they going to put their research development more into steering, straight line speed, the engine, X, Y, and Z? So I think it's way too early to tell if we're going to have this because we don't know how the teams are going to perform in comparison to each other. But I'm actually very curious to hear your take.
0: So my take on this is I would like to be pleasantly surprised next year. Um, my my issue is you could have teams that have spent so much money before the cost cap was put in place on next year and you could just have a complete dominance era. It could be Mercedes. It could be Red Bull. It could be McLaren. It could be Ferrari. I mean, I think in my opinion, those are the four teams going into next year that have a legitimate shot at the title from basically nothing because they're the teams that have the most money. Um, I, I I think that this is very good racing and I don't think that it's going to continue at the level that it is next year because we could have, I think that the money gap is going to be more present next year. Um, even with the cost cap in place because of all the money that the more the, the teams that have more money have spent on the new development of the car before the cost cap was put in place.
1: Right. And look, your, your take makes a lot of sense. Um, but I'm glad that we're going to have more of an even playing field. Um, well, that's what we're supposed to be expecting. We're
0: supposed to get tighter racing, more following. I mean, it'll be a great spectacle, but I just hope that the spectacle is going to last.
1: Yes, 100%. We also okay. Um, we're, we're starting to get a bit sidetracked now from the Russian Grand Prix. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more <laughs> so about that. We ha- we clearly have lots to talk about on future podcast episodes. Yeah, but um,
0: we're talking about entertaining tracks. I mean, let's. I mean, I, who who saw this coming? I didn't see an interesting Sochi race coming. I'm. I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this, uh, Jordan, but. Last year's Russian Grand Prix was the one race where I actually fell asleep mid-race because it was that boring. Not Abu Dhabi? No, I did not fall asleep during Abu Dhabi. Um, But I fell asleep during Sochi. And I did not fall asleep this year, even though it was 8 o'clock in the morning and I was in New York City. I was still, uh, still up and awake and ready to watch the race. And speaking of which, we had some fantastic overtakes. I mean, one overtake that I think the both of us want to talk about is Carlos signs taking the lead in lap one. So Jordan, you are, I think you like Carlos signs more than I do. So I'm going to let you,
1: I'm going to let you hype this up for a little bit. So what I'll say, that, what I'll say is that I'm a, I'm a fan of Carlos signs and I really wanted to stay in the lead the entire race, but we had a very good, um, development of what happened afterwards that lap one was very interesting and it was very interesting because George Russell was in p3 for the first time in an actual race yeah he was in p2 in spa but he didn't really race then um still got still got the trophy though still got the trophy <laughs> yeah um but so I really want to see how the Williams performed at the front of the field and you know unfortunately my uh, my beliefs were confirmed that you know the Williams didn't really have much of a push to get the, the top two places. Um, and and it fell back. I think he ended up in the points, but the very, I think... Yeah, he ended up in P10. Right. So I think that it just confirms that George Russell is qualifying champion, but that Williams can only do so much, especially in a race setting. So for me, that was the most intriguing part of, of lap one. But Carlos signs going in the lead was great. He got the slipstream, did it very well. Really, really, really impressive craftsmanship from him. But I want to know what you have to say.
0: I was crossing my fingers that Signs and Lando didn't collide because that would have just been heartbreaking for everyone. Let's be real. Come on. The 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 norris Signs bromance from McLaren last year would have taken a major hit if they had collided in lap one. Um Another interesting part of lap one that I enjoyed was Fernando Alonso basically saying, okay, I'm not going to deal with turn turn two two at all. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to go flat out into the escape route and call it a day. As long as I keep my car intact and I stay in the same position, it's fine. And it was, (laughs) I think that was just Fernando Alonso It's a mix of him being a veteran on track and saying, hey, there's this loophole that I could exploit. And the other side is, you know what? I want to keep my car in one piece. So I'm just going to take the escape route on that. Um, uh, Also, I mean, I mentioned it before. Lance Stroll in P4. um, I was so ready for Lance to be on the podium. This, this, uh this race after him being in p4 i said oh imagine i don't know russell was in p3 for a few laps the williams is not going to hold off lance is definitely going to move up to p3 and he's going to get a podium but he didn't and it hurt so i mean it hurt a lot uh I don't for think a he lot finished of in the points uh i think he finished in p8 he might have
1: oh, yeah maybe I I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna do some uh, quick research while we're recording. Uh, no, that's not true. Lance finished p11. Yeah, okay, I was right. He finished outside the points. <laughs> oh, man, but I don't know what's going on. What's going on with Aston Martin this year.
1: That um, is a whole episode in itself.
0: I mean, Aston Martin recently opened up their new factory or no, they, they They broke broke ground on their new factory. Sorry about that. Um, I think that it's going to be, I mean, you could see that the ownership isn't messing around. Um, They partnered with James Bond last weekend, which was cool as hell. Um, Lauren Stroll has been on record multiple times saying, listen, money's not going to be an object. I'm going to spend uh, whatever this is. Because I'm dedicated on getting this team a championship, and look what's going—winning, getting into the points is apparently a good thing. So, uh, coming from from a four, for a four last car, year world champion. Well, also coming from last year, where the team was, the team had the third best car. Yeah, I mean, the team didn't finish third because of their 15 point penalty, but. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But uh, anyways, that's that's another yes. We're gonna have a whole what is going like on. Write um, that
1: down for ideas, Jonah.
0: I'm I'm writing it down for ideas. Um now before we have we have two major moments left. Um, one of them being Max Verstappen's climb from P20 to P2. And Jordan, I want to see how you feel about this because I walked into this race knowing, okay, Max is going to take an engine penalty. He's not even bothering to do qualifying. I think that Lewis is going to take a 10 to 15 point lead in the championship. He's going to end up on the podium somehow, and this could potentially be it. But no, but no, Max ended up making it back. So, so what do you take uh, from Max's drive?
1: Well, like you, you referenced with the James Bond movie, No Time to Die. I think that's what Max Verstappen was thinking in his head the entire time. Uh, the entire time he was in his car because he didn't want to go out like this. He didn't yeah. want an engine penalty to take him out. He's, that's Max Verstappen we're talking about. This guy didn't have half a car. He had his entire car. So Obviously, he's going to zoom through the grid, which he did, and it was so impressive. Look, I may not like his arrogance, you know, especially after Monza. I may not be a fan of, of Max Verstappen in terms of the fact that he's kind of like the young supervillain of Formula One. But you got to hand it to him. He can drive a race car. And not only can he drive a race car, but the team trusts him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the team is him. And you know what? He's exploiting that very well. I don't see Sergio Perez going from twentieth to first or twentieth to second in a Red Bull. He might have been in Racing Point, but I don't think in Red Bull he'll be able to be, be able to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about extensions and uh, swaps and everything after recording this episode. So uh, stay tuned in a few okay. days from when we put that that out. But um, I I think it shows that. I I, Max was just on another level (laughs) Um, I mean sure I will say the rain helped them a lot um, because you had Norris sliding you had uh, I don't know it just looked like a bowling alley for a while Uh, Norris slipped Paris slipped um, there were a lot of very timely moments that helped Max get to P2 um, but even then I think that it was really the drive of a champion. And I looked at the the data a few days ago, and from what I remember, Max has led 360-something laps this season, and Lewis has, had, has led 150. And Lewis is currently in the lead of the Drivers' Championship. So we could see that Max is the more currently the more dominant driver uh, this season. It's just that there have been fortunes that have gone Hamilton's way. Like, for example, the engine penalty that just happened with Max. Uh, We had the crash in Silverstone. We had the crash in Monza. Um, It's situations like that that could really play a big factor in the championship. And I think that Max... Knew that he needed to do really well today, otherwise, his championship is I wouldn't say entirely over, but it would be a little bit more difficult to come back, even if you do, even if you get first and Hamilton gets second for seven races, it won't work. So, um, that is how I feel about that comeback. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to that before we go to
1: the rain? I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, uh, but talk about
0: the rain. Let's talk about the rain. <laughs>
1: yeah, so we saw a I want to say from lap 47 onwards, we saw a very hectic couple of laps where the radar was saying the rain is gonna fall. At the beginning of the track didn't seem so slippery. So the teams had to make a crucial decision: pits renters or not pit renters. Mm-hmm. And there was Lando in front and it's his first time leading a race. It's his first time really three or four laps away from the victory. Jonah, what do you think of Lando Norris's call to not go into the pit lane? And Lewis taking advantage of that.
0: From what I understood, I think it was the team's call to stay out. Um... Uh, you uh, could correct me if I'm wrong, but
1: I was, I was on, I listened to team radio afterwards. I saw the best of team radio or, or the team radio clip on YouTube and it was fully Lando's call. He was yelling at them saying, no, no, no. Like he was yelling at them oh, Lewis man. Is more listening to his team. So if, if I may, I might just say my, my thoughts on this. Yeah, you could go for it. I'll, um, I'll, I'll leave you to it. <laughs> I, I think that this really speaks, this is not a question of who really won the race, but I think you could tell in this situation, you know, when all the chips are on the table and, you know, when the money's on the line, who is able to be more poised and make the best decision based off of their experience and based off their maturity? I think we saw our answer. And I don't think that Lando Norris is a bad driver. I think he's a great driver. He's incredibly talented, clearly. But I do think that this is just a learning experience for Lando Norris. And I do think that he will, re- who we will win 10 times more races in the future as a result. And I think I, he's I, better for it.
0: I, I, I will say,
1: I think that you
0: really hit that on the nail. I think that, I mean, Lewis Hamilton has been in Formula One since we were six and seven years old. So it's been a hot minute since (laughs) uh, Lewis Hamilton has been in Formula One. And throughout throughout his time in Formula One, he's driven some crazy wet races. And, I mean, especially this year, we saw the difference between a – between times where he will listen to his team or he will not listen to his team or where he can make a bad decision related to weather. Um, One of those, uh, one of those examples being Hungary this year where it was lights out for Lewis Hamilton only, um, which was a mix of, I guess team and driver, but I think that this will be a major hit for Lando Norris. And I think that, it's going to change the way that he's going to view the rest of the season. I think he's going to be a man on a mission. If I don't see him get like two podiums in seven races or something like that, something must have gone really, really wrong because that McLaren was about to beat everyone on pace. And in a, tra- in a track that since coming to the grid in and Was it 14? No, 2016. Sorry, that it started out. um, Has been fully dominated by Mercedes. We thought we could finally have a different constructor winning in um, Sochi. But you know what? Uh, It's just something that is going to help Lando Norris down the road. And I think that it's a real learning experience for him. And sometimes, uh, it just happens like that. It, it happens. Life, life has life. Happens for certain reasons, and anything is possible. So, for all you know, we could get to Turkey in a week from now, and Lando Norris could completely go in X Games mode and win the race, like decidedly because of what happened this weekend.
1: A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that the, that the pole position just fuels him. He's really a young, driven kid, and I'm pretty sure he's like a
0: few months older than you and a few months. Which is so
1: crazy to think. Or no,
0: either that or a few months younger than you and a few months older than I am. I don't know. What have, what have I done with my life? Yeah, we we have uh, NHL players that are are playing at the same uh, playing in the NHL and making millions of dollars that are the same age as us. We have uh, drivers who have gotten pole positions in Formula One, and we're here talking about both of them. So, (laughs) yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, so overall, we were treated to an exciting Sochi race. And next week, in a week's time, we're going to have the free practice sessions for Istanbul Park. And I know that you love Istanbul Park. So Jonah, I want to get a prediction out of you. Before what do you we, think I'm gonna say, Jordan. Jordan? Jordan, I think you're gonna say a Lance Stroll podium. That is exactly what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I I am see, I know you very well.
0: I you know what? I don't think there's any logic behind my call here, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Lance Stroll Podium. I don't know how it's, it's gonna happen. Lance in Istanbul is is apparently. His bread and butter, even though Formula One hadn't raced there in nine years before he showed up, he's going to get on the podium. I feel it. I feel like it's going to be the pride of Canada for that weekend, unless there's a tennis match and and uh, Leila Fernandez or De- Denis Shapovalov or Bianca and do well again, <laughs> or the Habs win or something like that. Anyways, that'll be the pride of of Canadian sports for the weekend. Lance stroll on the podium.
1: All right. I have a very, very different prediction. Tell me. I'm saying, and this is not a podium, this is not a race prediction, it's a quality prediction. I'm saying George Russell, P1. In quality. What? Yeah, I'm saying George Russell, pole position. It's a very bold prediction, but I'm making it. He's been doing so well. He's Mr. Saturday for a reason. Yeah, Anything can happen in Turkey. But why? (laughs) Because I think that he has a very good pace and quality this year.
0: You know that before,
1: before, like, four weeks ago, Williams
0: hadn't scored points in two and a half years, right? And now I'm saying P1. Okay, well, I want to hear more about this because... I have a lot of questions.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'll make a bold prediction for the race. Tell All me. Right? I'm saying Valtteri Bottas wins in Istanbul.
0: I feel like that'll be a giant middle finger to Mercedes.
1: That would be an interesting weekend, let's just say the least. Yeah. Because lots of implications with the extensions and swaps which you can catch next episode.
0: Yeah, we're going to record that soon. So uh, if you want to listen to that, listen to Turkey's podcast, listen to the rest of the podcast episodes, Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page at the JJF1 podcast, and we will see you for the next episode. See ya. See ya.